is stay calm, and this will all be over soon. It was the same speech he'd given to the women at the other banks the businessman bandits had held up. Slick always picked a young woman with cleavage to threaten with his gun, which was why Kate had worn the push-up bra. She'd wanted to be his target. Kate looked past Slick to the lobby and the bank tellers. There were seven customers in the bank, four at the counter and three in line. No one seemed to notice that anything unusual was happening. Ryerson left the Ray-Bans guy in his office and took the Vuitton backpack to the vault. Kate's iPhone vibrated on her desk. James Bond showed up on the caller ID. Ignore it, Slick said. Look at me instead. Kate shifted her gaze back to Slick's carefully unshaven face, his stubble shadow on his thin cheeks and sharp chin. The phone went still. After fifteen seconds, it began to vibrate again. James Bond wasn't a man who gave up easily. That's annoying, Slick said. Do you always take personal phone calls during work hours? If they're important. The phone continued to vibrate. Shut it off, Slick said. Now. Kate shut the phone down. A moment later, her desk phone rang. I don't like this, Slick said. On your feet. We're walking out of here. It's just a phone call, Kate said. It's probably my mother. Up, he said, and start walking. If anyone approaches you, I'm shooting you first, and then whoever else gets in my way. Clear? This isn't good, Kate thought. There were customers conducting business, coming and going, and there was a possibility that one of them would accidentally cross their path. Should I take my purse? No. Won't it look odd if I walk out of the bank without my purse? Where is it? The bottom drawer to my right. Stay where you are, and I'll open the drawer. Do not move. He stood and moved around the desk, all the while keeping his eyes on Kate. He held the cig in his right hand and reached down to open the drawer with his left. The instant his attention shifted from Kate to the drawer, she smacked him hard in the face with her keyboard. His eyes went blank, the gun dropped from his hand, blood gushed out of his smashed nose, and he crashed to the floor unconscious. Kate picked the gun up and aimed it at his partner in the manager's office. FBI, she yelled. Don't move. Put your hands on your head. Mr. Raybans did as he was told. Everyone in the bank froze, too, startled by her outburst and shocked by the sight of her holding the gun. Ryerson rushed out of the vault, his gun drawn, big sweat stains under his armpits. He looked confused. What happened? I had to go to Plan B, Kate said. She turned to the customers in the bank. Relax, everyone. We have the situation entirely under control and you aren't in any danger. Kate's desk phone wouldn't stop ringing. She kept her gun aimed at Mr. Ray-Bans in the manager's office and snatched at the phone with her other hand. What? she said. Is that any way to talk to James Bond? You're not James Bond. It was Nick Fox. And truth is... Kate thought Nick was pretty darn close to James Bond, a little younger and mostly on the other side of the law, but just as lethal and just as sexy. 
Fox was a world-class con man and thief. Kate had tracked him for years and finally captured him, only to have her boss, Carl Jessup, and Fletcher Bolton, the deputy director of the FBI, arrange Nick's escape. In return for conditional freedom, Nick had agreed to use his unique skills to nail big-time criminals the Bureau couldn't catch using conventional means. Kate had been given the unwanted responsibility of helping Nick neutralize the bad guys. She was also supposed to make sure Nick didn't go back to his life of crime. The Bureau didn't have Nick under constant surveillance or wearing a tracking device between assignments, so it was up to Kate to keep him on a loose leash. It had been a few days since she'd last spoken to him. Did I catch you at a bad time? Nick asked. Yes. What do you want? I didn't do it.